I've always been intrigued by the stories of people in the jewelry industry who make these items, what inspires them, and brings them to this world. I'm here to share their stories. This is A Thousand Facets. Fraser Hamilton wanted to work in the world of movies as a set designer. What he created instead with his work is a motion picture of his own, with every piece telling a story worth listening to. Hope you enjoy our conversation. Hi, Fraser. How are you? I'm, I'm, I'm good. A thousand, thousand facets. <laughs> not, not saying your name. <laughs> you can just say hi. How are you? Oh, I'm fine. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. I'm a little tired. A little hungry. Uh, uh, yeah, it's 11 o'clock. Yeah. So it's a bit, you know, second breakfast. Yeah, I know. I need, yeah, like, I need like a second breakfast. Um, so um, I first saw your work online. And Liz Katner really kind of introduced me to you because yeah. she became really good, big fans of you. And I really like that. And I really love, I'm a huge fan of hands. And your work really spoke to me when I oh, saw your hand, hands. The hand, my hands. The hands. hands. Yeah. I just like hands. Mm. You know, I like drawings of hands. I like jewelry with hands. And your work really, really spoke to me. And then I actually met you six years ago seven years yeah, ago yeah we were trying to figure this out I know I, I don't mean, remember <laughs> everything plus or minus three years <laughs> exactly yeah. pandemic depending yeah. um, in Lovador mm-hmm. you were doing a week residency there yeah and I went to the store to check you, your workout and we struck a conversation and we really hit it off and mm-hmm. I think we became friends yeah you can uh, say is that, that when should we make a certificate <laughs> yeah <laughs> And yes, the takeaway was we became friends. We became yeah, friends, absolutely. and yeah. we like to like chat about a lot of things. And I really enjoy your yeah. conversations. We can actually talk for hours yeah. if we let each other because we, we do talk a lot. Yeah, yeah, it's been yeah, chatty people. Yeah. <laughs> We're chatty people. Yeah. <laughs> um, so let's start from the beginning. Um, where do you grow up? Where I grew up in a small town on the northwest coast of Scotland called Oban. Oban. Or Oban, however you want to pronounce it. Um, but uh, yeah, it's a very small place. It's it loosely translates as the gate with the Isles. So you go to Oban. It's on the northwest coast, and you go there to get a ferry and go out to the outer Ooh, islands. Oh, I may have so to it's do like, that. You should do that. It's lovely. Yeah. I've been, I mean, I've been dying to go to Scotland. So like, and I've been wanting to go to the islands because yeah. I think that I've heard that they're absolutely beautiful. When yeah, so as long as you're okay with rain. Yeah, it's lovely. Uh, so when it's nice, it's absolutely stunning yeah. and truly beautiful and wonderful. But, you know, it also gets dark and wet. But this is the whole thing. So back home in in Owen, which is with, uh, like, yeah, it's it's not so small that it's a quaint little village and it's not big enough to be a city. So it's mm-hmm. like a town. Yeah. And it's a port town with amazing fish and chips and seafood and oh, that's great. shellfish. But, so, yeah. so everybody kind of knew each other and it's like, a, you feel... Yeah, like, my parents were teachers in the only high school in town. <laughs> so everybody knows everybody and everybody knows who I am. And my brother is now a teacher oh, so in like, that same high school. And so it still remains that everybody knows everybody. And certainly my parents, have like, they both taught for many decades. And so not only do they know 
I think they know like three generations. Oh wow! So they taught the really? kids, and then they taught the kids' kids, and then my brother is teaching the kids' kids' kids. That's amazing. So yeah, so it's a real. It is a, as much as it's not that small. It is it's, you know everybody knows everybody, especially when you're in the massive. massive so market. where were you like? What were you like as a kid? Were you just like like to explore? Um, do you like? Yeah. Went so to the islands to like, like legitimize the the me uh, um, uh, pouring scorn on the weather of Scotland. Like it was very much a childhood of. You were always, whenever the weather was nice, you were outside. Yeah. And it is the countryside still. I live just a little bit out of town, and there's a big forest or a woods up behind my oh, house really? and big cliffs and islands and all that kind of stuff. So when it was nice, you would be out, and your mum kicked you out of the house <laughs> so as you could do that. So you were out making tree cuts and running around and doing all that oh, kind of stuff. Amazing. But when it got wet, you were still out. I mean, I played a lot of basketball, but I played basketball outside in the rain because it was the only place you could do it. There was nowhere else to do it for a long time. Um, but you, you know when it obviously gets too wet then you're inside and so when we're inside like any kid growing up in the from the early 90s you were inside watching movies or playing computer games yeah. so it was like very much you're either out and about having adventures and building stuff or you were inside escaping into cinema and movies and watching TV well not, not TV so much always movies yeah, movies what yeah. kind of movies do you like? Oh, big stupid action films and all the rest of it. I mean, like a bit of everything. I really got into it. So I watched literally everything and anything. And it was kind of yeah. a lot a lot of stuff that we, have... mm, we probably shouldn't have watched when we were younger. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I did too. Don't worry <laughs> about that. Yeah, yeah. Early days into kind of, you know. Yeah. Do you yeah. have a, a first memory of jewellery at all? Oh, well, my mum studied jewellery, which you only found out the other day. I know, I did. <laughs> I didn't know Which that. I don't, and I don't attribute that specifically to me then going on and studying jewelry. So my first, I mean, first memory was in the back of the house. There was like a, we managed to build like a little extension onto our um, small house. And it was in the back of that was, it was mum's, I think we call it the workroom. And she was a jeweler and she was running like a craft shop in town. So there was her and our neighbor next door did textiles and like made sweaters so and she, throws. So she stuff. taught and then she also... No, 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 no. She studied and made her own stuff. Oh, okay. And made and sold her own stuff and did like little trade shows around Scotland. Really? I mean, and she could do that from the back of the house because she was still always had to be around for me and my yeah. brother. So what she was, was a art special. So she trained as a jeweler or studied jewelry and then did a teaching year. And then when she moved up to Oban to join my dad, who had moved up to Oban a couple of years prior, uh, she became an art specialist who drove around the smaller schools in even more remote areas and would visit smaller schools one day a week and teach them uh, an art lesson as oh, the art wow. specialist. And then she'd come home and make jewellery and, oh, and, and do this little shop that she ran with a ceramicist and a textile Do you have person. any of her pieces? Yeah, I got those were tools and those were silver scraps that she doesn't use you know, <laughs> I think I don't think I have any of her pieces I'm not very for a jeweler I'm not I'm not a, I'm not a jeweler's jeweler <laughs> I'm not very sentimental I don't wear jewelry oh, or have it oh no yeah. like yeah. you should totally like do you does she have anything yeah she's got loads of stuff of mine oh. and I owe her loads of stuff you know no, does she have her stuff of hers that she's still yeah, yeah yeah she'll still have that stuff kicking around I mean like the biggest or one of the bigger things she did she um she uh got commissioned to make something for Princess Anne. Oh, wow. It was like through the Church of Scotland or something. They wanted to give Prince Princess Anne was visiting town 
and opening up like a, a Sunday school or a new church building or something. And so they commissioned my mum to make a brooch for her. Oh, that's amazing. I mean, she made like lovely stuff, mom, you know. And so like always, all the time in the back of the house, there was that workshop where mum was... Did you used to go there? Yeah, 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 there's loads of dangerous stuff. <laughs> yeah. There's <laughs> like lots of sharp edges and acids and... and <laughs> But do, you, around. Do, you, do you tinker with jewelry like before, like when? Nah, like, well, kind kind of. I mean, mum, as I said, my parents are teachers, so it was always just like go and make something, go and draw something. I mean, yeah. I was just drawing for days, yeah. all the time. So it's like before you know, kids could you know we didn't have a PlayStation for a very long time or a Mega Drive <laughs> or any of that stuff. So it was just like drawing in a sketchbook and playing with toys, and then and a lot of like um, building tree huts up in the woods and stuff like that. <laughs> Also, so, being very creative from like a young age. Yeah, but not. I mean, just not making jewelry. Just mum was very much like, you know, she's like jewelry is one thing. It's just learning how to make stuff. Exactly. And you just happen to be special in jewelry. Yeah. So it doesn't mean you can't make anything else. Yeah. And so mum's birthday cakes were fucking great. Sorry, pardon. <laughs> were really good. Um, you know, they were and you know, like they were well known. For no, the extravagance of what went on top of it, you know, she put some amazing so Lego sculptures on the top of birthday cakes. Really good. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. really good. Yeah. But like, it, it it's good because it's like, it's not that she informed you uh, on jewelry, but nah. she informed you to be creative. Yeah, both of them did. I mean, Dad was an art teacher as well. Four years. Oh, you might hate me if I got that wrong. But uh, <laughs> yeah, like they. They never were pushing me into anything. I mean, my brother was, I mean, he would, he's, he's, you know, I'm the arty, strange one as far as he's concerned, and he's he's the the more sort of sporty one. You know, oh. Hence, he's a VE teacher. I'm, I'm down here making stuff. <laughs> and, um, and yeah, they, so they didn't, no, by, by no means did they push us into anything. I mean, Dad also helps out a lot with rugby club and all that kind of stuff. So he kind of, you know, um, they, they both, they just, everyone was so busy. There was no time to push us into anything else. We were all left to our own devices and we're all yeah. quite good at looking after ourselves. And so everyone sort of found their own way. Murray kind of found his passion and I kind of found my passion. We're very pragmatic, yeah. a lot of us. <laughs> I can see that. So it was very much just like, oh, what subjects are you good at? You're like, oh, I'm really good at like PE, but specifically playing basketball. And I quite like geography. And it's like, I'm, I know by no means would I be a basketball player because I'm, I'm one not in America two not six foot two yeah. <laughs> I, I've seen your basketball game in like on your Instagram stories and you yeah. do have uh, that's one shot no. <laughs> it's uh, like one shot of like 20 that and in case anyone's wondering it always goes in first time every single time no, uh, <laughs> but like but and then it's I mean fundamentally it's a bit like one of the things that I enjoy the most it is making stuff it was sort of watching yeah. movies and so and, and it was the escapism of getting into movies yeah. and like um, and 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 like films I watched again that I was way too young at the time was it was like films like Mad Max Two which is I was way too young to be watching that but also like uh, Tim Burton's Batman from like eighty nine and uh, what were the others it was various other things but it was a it, it, I kind of was a bit like I like this kind of stuff and some sci fi bits I suppose like aliens and stuff um, so I was like how can I make stuff and combine that with movies and then you again very pragmatic so you skip straight to I want to like um, I want to make prop, props and sets I want oh, to make the physical really? realisation of the thing that I'm into you put oh. making and you put movies together yeah. and you go if you want to make a physical thing that's something to do with a movie it's a prop and a set oh that's you know? interesting so it's the physicality of it so it's like how do you actually what's it like behind the camera how does yes. it work and so I was really fascinated by that hmm. um, 
and 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 I mean to skip ahead I don't know if this you know goes against your questions but no. like it um you know so we it, when it came to like the end of high school you know there was subjects I knew that I liked but there was things that I knew I liked more which was making stuff yeah. I'll, I'll always say making stuff I don't say jewelry specific. exactly it's but, just being just the creation of yeah something. yeah it's all about making it's not about having so it's the yeah. active, like physical yeah. tangibility and all that kind of stuff and um and so mum was like well you know do, do you want to go on to art school like very importantly and dad as well they were a bit like do you want to go on you don't have to go on to university like and I think that's a, a really solid yeah. message my dad had to deal with a lot of kids who felt the need to go to university but it was still a kind of question of like it's not something you have to do yeah um there are apprenticeships there's been apprenticeships around for donkeys yeah. and a lot of kids i think felt very but, pressured to do it but that's great um, that they gave you the option that yeah. they really spoke yeah. to you and like if they were gonna support you either way they, yeah, yeah yeah but it was i think it's just it's it's just a, a valid thing to sort of take note of where it was like it's it's like don't go and do a subject because you feel that you have to go and yeah. do a subject because you're genuinely interested yeah you have to have that passion and you have to have that interest yeah you have to so, I mean it's really really fucking hard when you're 18 to know exactly what you're going to do exactly 100% and, and like I always look back at it and go like oh fuck I really I kind of I did sort of I knew fundamentally what I wanted to do was, yeah. yeah make stuff and so mum was like, well, you know, you want to make stuff. It sounds like you need to go to art school. And we're in Scotland, and Scotland is like heavily subsidised, near enough like pre-university courses. And so we went around the art schools, specifically the art schools in Scotland. Why? And, you know, without finding an immediate... I mean, there may well have been. I don't know how hard we looked. I mean, yeah, I was kind of... I'm, I've always been crap at admin. Um, <laughs> and so I don't think we could find, like what seemed to be a sort of notable film set prop design course okay. and all that kind of stuff but we did within you know pragmatism what's a physical thing that you make for something else that kind of takes you out of it or gives you something to think about yeah. sculpture yeah so you know i in my mind when i was 18 sculpture means you know you get a hammer Jeez. and a chisel and a big lump of wood or a, a big bit of stone or whatever and so we went around the art schools looking uh, at all of their open days and looking at the sculpture courses and when you're 18, 19 and you think sculpture is a hammer and chisel and a bit of rock and then you discover the world of contemporary fine art and you realise that sculpture is literally everything and anything yeah. that is vaguely physical. Yeah. You know, and it, it is it falls under the gamut of, of, of sculpture, but it could be it could be a plastic bag nailed to a wall with a with, you know, with a, with a crystal ball in it. Oh I saw that sculpture. I, oh you know? I, I saw I was in France, like this was like maybe fifteen years ago and there were this exhibit and it was like prosciutto hanging from the ceiling yeah. and then like a mountain of grain mm. and that was the sculpture yeah. and yeah. It, like it was it smelled see when I was 18 <laughs> when I was 18 I didn't get that and then later in life I, I came to like really into that kind of stuff <laughs> so how was but your the, but then, so what I did like so you, you see the jewellery thing and well, you see the, the sculpture courses and you go ah and then I mum was like well, she didn't even push me into it I was like I want to go and see the jewellery courses yeah and so you went to the open day of the jewelry shows and you look at them and you kind of go, oh, shit, how was that made? Yeah. You know, how does that work? And that's when you kind of go, you know, you look at movies and you go, oh, it's taking me out. It's a magical world. It's unbelievable. And then but you look at a physical object and you go, oh, it's, how was that done? Yeah. You know, it was, it, and, and that's when it sort of clicked. It's like, ah, oh, you know what my kind of insecurities or where my insecurities lie was like with skill. Yeah was this like specificity of a thing mm -hmm. you know um because i kind of i've always been you know uh, uh, uh 
master in none. Like I've got, never had a specific skill. I'm always kind. It's always felt I'm a very averaging person. I, I am like that too. And so. I was like, well, I'll go to, to art school and I'll get these really tight skills as a jeweler and learn how to make these impossible things. And then, you know, if I want, I can make them bigger. <laughs> and mum was like, again, like parents were just, like parents were just like, you know, you can go to art school and come out and do lots of things. Yeah. You know, some people come out as actors or come, come out and become actors. Others become, you know, uh, she was, I think she was talking about like Wendy Ramshaw. She's like, oh, Wendy Ramshaw was like a, a little bit ahead of my time. And she was hot stuff when my mum was studying jewellery in Glasgow. And, and, uh, and she was like, oh, she makes big gates. You know, and I was like, cool, you can make big stuff. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm clearly playing up to being a, a, a boy and being a bit like, I'm going to make something massive in metal. <laughs> um, and so I kind of went in there, again, never with the premise of being a jeweler and came out, never wanted to be a jeweler. <laughs> and now you're a jeweler. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, how, yeah. how did that transition happen? Because I know that you have worked with art, mm. you know, and, and yeah. you've like worked with fine art. But like, how did went from like going to the university taking yeah so so when I was in university you kind of you go in and first year was foundation so you're mixing with a lot of people and learning all kinds of stuff but you also get into historical and critical studies of okay. like learning stuff which I think was really important because it took you out of your it gave you objectivity so you as much as you were in theory studying jewelry in the first year um you were doing a lecture series on the history of art so you were getting proper context for where you sit in the grand scheme of things yeah. and that's where you learn that there is there's you know there's the the world of of painting and classical sculptures and then there's contemporary stuff and then there's also photography and then there's moving image and 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 like and in the different sphere there is the whole design world of architecture and uh, engineering and, and, and various sort of all these sort of design tropes mm -hmm. of things and jewellery sort of sits in slightly sits in there within the applied arts yes and you know you, you realize these are like two worlds and then there's also kind of media floats around the middle of like cinema and, mm -hmm. and uh, music and stuff like that and so you're kind of getting lecture series and all of this which lets you know where you sit in the grand scheme of things, which I think was sort of interesting because, again, as someone who went into to study this course but didn't necessarily want to be a jeweler, it was good to kind of keep it open. As I said, master or none. Yeah. Because you look at everything all the time. And um, so, like, when it... Uh, I'll try and not ramble too long. Um, basically, second year, you got all your techniques and your skills in jewellery. So, like, you got into it, you were like, I'm going to learn how to make these, these yeah. things. Um, and so you got a lot of those fundamental uh, uh, techniques, like your soldering, your polishing, and you make all the different objects. And it was really great because it was a really small class size at the time. How many, how many people do you 12. have? Twelve. Oh, nice. It was me. Get on, girls, parents. Much better than competitive <laughs> boys. There was yeah. a boy in the year above and a boy in the year below. There was always it was weird in Glasgow. There was always, like, a token boy in each year group. <laughs> so it was, like, sort of, like, the entire, like, jewellery department or the class size was, was sort of, it was four years or three years, so it was, like, 33 people in total. Oh, wow. For the whole thing, and you were all sharing stuff, so you are always working next to someone who was a, a bit better than you and a bit yeah. further ahead than you, so you could learn from them. Oh, that's, but that's amazing, because it just gives you, like, a different perspective, too. Yeah. You, you also know? get to see where it, what it ends up. So exactly. when you when you go there and say, Ikanjir, there's, there's guys in fourth year who are working on their final degree show, so yeah. you get to sort of see where you're headed. Exactly. And so not only are you learning about um, your your history and stuff and, and all the other jewellers that have come before you, 
I mean, again, back then, not a lot of internet kicking around. <laughs> there was, I mean, there was, but it wasn't, it wasn't yeah, that great. You know, <laughs> there was people... no Instagram for sure. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's not, it's, it's a, it was a different time. It was a different time. So, um, how, how did you found your voice? Like how? Like... Oh, I went to Japan. Yeah. So in, in second year, you do that. In third year, you can do an exchange course. And in third year in Glasgow, it, they were, it, it got serious and more about design and more about, um, uh, the, the business side of it. Okay. And so I went. Which is, which is, uh, which is really important. Which really is really useful. important. You know, yeah. it's, and that's the thing is like, I, I, I joke around that I, sh- I would have liked to take a business class, like business. Uh, yeah, it'd be nice, nice if someone shows you how to do, yeah. how to do that. Like I would have taken a business class way, instead of like taking design because like I know the design part and I and like yeah it's good to understand the design part but like the business side is also yeah. really important so they got to the business side and I and they also said there's an exchange thing going on I was yeah. like exchange? exchange and they were like yeah yes. so basically I turned my back on the business side and learned nothing none of that <laughs> which would have been really fucking helpful nowadays uh, like, I think like we did this sort of hypothetical of uh of, uh, oh, you've got a client who comes into your shop and you have to design something for them. Now, yeah. go draw it in front of them, do it. Do that as an exercise. And oh, that was, wow. and then I, and, and so that was weirdly kind of fun, but also not how you really want to work. Yeah. Um, and again, as someone, and at that stage, because I've been through this historical stuff and learning all about the other departments and all my friends were all in fine art and they're all painters and my best friend's a painter and everything. So every morning at the breakfast table I'd have there'd be some jewellery books but he'd have all his painting books out. Yeah. so I'd be looking at all his painting books and getting much bigger kick out of that world yeah. than I was out of the jewellery stuff oh. because jewellery um, you know fundamentally it's it's precious materials so they're very small so you've got um, it like pack the most amount of of, of uh, skill, craft, detail, design, everything into the smallest amount of material. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot of constraints and it has to be yeah. wearable at the end of the day. Exactly. You know, and, and it all has to fit together and last forever as well. Mm-hmm. And so there's so many constraints. And so looking at something like painting where there are almost no constraints yeah. other than, you know, your canvas. And even then, you know, it's debatable where <laughs> exactly. the canvas starts and ends. <laughs> exactly. Um, and so, like, I was really into that. And, you know, I'd be going to galleries and openings and looking at painting shows all the time that was that's all I did I didn't there wasn't that many jewelry there was no there just wasn't very many jewelry galleries kicking around in Glasgow there are some don't you know there, don't get mad at me but, <laughs> <laughs> but um and and there was that Klimto 2 website there you go that's the, the, ju- yeah. the jewelry gallery I, in the sky I know it's <laughs> like I, I still to this day don't really understand like I know what they're do but like it's just like a very well, back then it was just like a really good database yeah it, it was yeah you know, now it's yeah. not that as I don't know it's not I, don't, I haven't looked at it in years but, yeah, yeah same here but I, I used to go like and looked at it and see what's out there yeah. in the contemporary world um, and I really enjoyed it very much yeah it was fun because it did give you it, you did kind of go aha oh there's, there's mad stuff out there yeah, some, I know. You know, Ted Norton, I thought he was cool because he made yes. like suitcases out of perspex and shit. I love his, right. his I, and it's, and sense of humor. Yeah, that kind of came to something. And I had ideas for doing big things like that. So, uh, sorry, to get back to it, uh, when I should have been learning about the, the more commercial side of jewelry, I went to Japan. They, they said there's an exchange program. I said, cool, where can you go? And Jack Cunningham, my tutor, was great. And I, I loved him. And he was like, well, you know, I, I think I said, I said, how far away can you go? <laughs> and he went, he's like, well, I've heard of a school in, in, in Japan. 
or I, thought, I heard a school in Tokyo, and I was like, cool, where's that? <laughs> I mean, I was like 19 at the time, so I'm 20. <laughs> and he was like, it's in Japan. I was like, cool, can I go there? And he was like, I could send them an email. And, and then we did, and we hooked up with them. And they're like a private, they were, I think they're a private school or independent, very independent school. Nice. And so he sent an email, and they sent over a student, and then two of us went like, over. They, they kicked out. Yeah, somebody. basically they sent someone over. You, they're it like, was you're great. going to Scotland, and they're yeah. just like, why? Yeah, well, they, like she was into it, and I think in much the same, they had this sort of mad, wild art jewellery department thing, and so I went over there, and basically was there for just under six months in total so like a three month semester yeah. I was kind of given free reign to do what I want so they had some courses so I learned some Makumigami and mm. did some of their technique stuff and, and we got sent up a hillside to go and uh, dig garnets out of a volcano site really? which that was cool you know oh, that wow. sort of you know that was quite a a moment you know tiny hands think yeah. about it rocks yeah. hillside hands finding stones yeah sound like anything you know <laughs> maybe <laughs> maybe and that's and that's one of the things when I met you like that I really like when you you told me that story about like the tiny hands digging the stones and like how I mean they're only tiny because they're jewelry <laughs> but I get no, it but, I'm the tiny hand guy <laughs> <laughs> no but that, but I, I really love the idea of just like the fact that your work has like the hands like grabbing the stones mm. and, and it was just and I can truly visualize you going to that mountain getting yeah. the stones like getting them from the earth and and I love that idea but like this is the whole the whole thing was at that point I I was making that transition thinking I want to make bigger sculptural things I wanted to do things really differently yeah and so and and so I started again that kind of objective pragmatism kicks in where you're sort of like I want to make jewelry about jewelry I want to look at the jewelry industry I want to look at it where it stands and kind of make work that narrates where it comes from yeah. and how it's found like be very literal be quite cinematic about it so yeah. I'd make a ring I mean I'm, I'm on a podcast but I'd make a ring with a circle <laughs> and then I'd have a figure on the top of it and that figure would have a spade and be digging out yeah. a gemstone yeah. you know and all the scales were off it was this kind of you're trying to make things seem more uh, monolithic and more kind of sculptural and I was in Japan at the time when I started doing all this kind of stuff and I was, I was in the strangest place I'd ever been to in my life which was great yeah. and and you know again you just sort of boil it all together and it's like how do I if I'm going to I mean this is what the teacher at Glasgow is like if you're going to if you're going to this world of design you have to sort of figure out how everything links together and how yeah. it works which I think is really important because yes. there's a lot of stuff a lot of uh, obviously not naming names there's a lot of things that just go straight for an aesthetic and then stick to it yeah. and I, I was way more I mean everyone would be like oh you're so conceptual it's like no I just I just need to tie up loose ends and make things make sense because they'll hang together nicely yeah. and it leads on to other stuff and so I was like I wanted to tell this story how could I tell the story what, what platform could I put it on yeah. you know how do I address the fact that I'm uh, talking about these physical things but they're all inhibited by scale and wearability and so I was like well I'll the, the, the way that I did the project was I'll just sort of say I'll treat the body as a landscape which is like that phrase which I've used a million kajillion times and I'm sure I'm not the only one either and so I would tell the story of jewelry by making uh, different objects with different parts of the body that represented the different kind of symbolisms and meanings and, and etymology of jewelry and why it's worn there mm -hmm. so uh, and, and I'd, I'd interpret it in different kinds of ways. So in one stake, in one sort of like, uh, not stake, in one kind of example, if you're wearing something over the heart, um, 
what what kind of jewelry reactors get worn over the heart? Medals, military medals get worn over the heart. Why are they worn over the heart? Why are clocks sort of in watch pockets? And it's like, well, it's it's to protect the heart in some way because you know everybody knows that the heart is important. And so, what's another understanding of that? What does the heart do? And, and I think sorry, this is going to this this is maybe not the best example to go down. But I started like sort of <laughs> no, thinking but, it. I, I, no, but I love it because um, it's like it, it really you know it, like I can see your the way that you were thinking. Mm, you know? And so like I mean it, it was also like trying to figure it out. Um, so I sort of tried to take a different look at that and thought of like brooches because there's a lot of brooches back then. There's not a bro- lot of brooches kicking around these days. Oh, well, I there wear, are, but I yeah. wear brooches all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I love my brooches. Oh. <laughs> In my mind, there aren't because they're annoying. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they're annoying to me. No. <laughs> um, but I kind of I I I tried to. Um, think of it as this sort of like point of industry because the heart is the thing that pumps everything around so yeah. I kind of made like a little sort of fact that sort of cliffside factory crane brooch out of steel mm. because again you're thinking about materials and so it's just like what's this kind of industrious material that's also metal that's also that could t- 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 kind of tell that story yeah. and um, and so it was like a I made like three or four brooches that looked like little sort of mining villages with like little tin huts and they're all laser welded together and then there was like a, a crane with a little man driving the crane and it was the idea was that this is the thing that is like sending out that you're pumping shit around the body oh, wow. so it was a weird kind of take on it in that way whereas the more kind of literal one was uh so if you think about the neckline and again this is sort of where the hand thing comes in uh so on the neckline uh it's it, uh, it's a seductive part of the body because yeah. it leads down to the boobs you know <laughs> Uh, and it's also it's a neck, it's a pulse point. It's just it is just categorically Ooh. a neckline is a is a sexy yeah. sexy place. Yes. Um, and so, uh, but but similarly, you know, again, going from from brooches to neckline and protecting is again, stuff was worn as armor, armor was decoration, and then it becomes this like seductive area. Yeah. And so, uh, there's this necklace that I made where I started using the hands, and I really like bleached them out and made them really sort of white and stony so they almost looked like little bones and they were like tiny little thin arms mm. and, and I think I still make that piece, I've got it on the site somewhere. But um, the whole idea behind that was somewhere riffing off of, off of uh, like I think it's Apocalypse Now where the guy has like a pendant of, has a necklace of like ears and tokens, so like cannibalism, tribalism, this kind of like yes. mad trophies yes. that are worn around the neck to like ward off enemies or for various reasons. But then the hands at the same time were reaching down towards the, 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 oops, uh, <laughs> reaching around. So it was this kind of like sort of very tactile thing, but very kind of, um, uh, seductive weird kind of it was a sort of play between something being very protective around your neck but yeah. also being quite seductive around yeah. your neck so it's sort of trying to hit two birds with one stone yeah. and trying so like looking like stony little weird creepy arms but the, the arms are being kind of quite seductive and leading your eye down and you yeah. know or, or, or kind of you know playing off and doing two things at the same time um, and then back to that but, and then like the hand pendants themselves the, the, the ones that I make that are finding gemstones um, it was another point of this where, so you know, I make that look uh, um, the uh, the what's it called the apocalypse now reference, yeah. and then I also at the time was thinking like, well, if the body's a landscape, then stuff can come out of the earth, and so I I made like a ring of a figure like emerging from, so it looked like it was emerging from the skin, but it was just emerging from the from from the finger on a ring of a hand of a, of a sort of torso reaching up, and it was a direct reference to like the Evil Dead poster. You know, there's weird little cult references. Yeah. So like the idea But they're is like little like secrets for you in a way. They're secrets for me, but they're also like vignettes of kind of like Like Easter eggs. It's a way of sort of 
say like you could photograph it in a way where it could look like that but you wouldn't yeah. see the hand you know it's, yeah. it's very like boring back then well not boring it's boring now but at the time I was a bit like aha I'm going to make like weird cult references yeah. and make jewellery that will look like sculptures or look like uh, yeah. movie posters or references so they become props again mm-hmm. but they're on a much smaller scale and you'll only see that when you look closely at it mm. because um, it's all about someone once told me ages ago it was like, oh it's all about resonance and like uh, so like you look into something and you see something and then you get that connection and that's yeah. how gemstones work where like you can see the colour <laughs> and then the more you look at the stone the more it reveals and the more the more you see a thousand facets no <laughs> like the more you kind of like the more you get a kick yeah. out of that stone you know? it, 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 because they're for me like gemstones I look at them as tiny little worlds mm, yeah you know inside yeah. so, like I personally don't like perfect stones like, yeah they're like completely flawless I like things that have like little inclusions and textures inside yeah. and that that's like they're like their own little world yeah yeah. No, but that's that. I mean, but that's why they're so magical. Yeah. You know, and um, and so you kind of, you, but it's like it's the smallest amount of material with the most yeah. going on in it. Ever. Yes. And then the same, so it's that same thing applies. So with the hands, I I, I keep them at a specific scale because they're not immediately recognizable as hands. I find that you know it's way more interesting that you kind of zoom you in and then you see it. it and then you understand it and then you have that resonance. You have that moment because you can the way in which the hand is holding the stone is a very tactile way. Yeah. It's exactly how you'd hold something if it were yes. that scale. And so you are toying with scale and you are making a person that wears a thing or when they find that thing, they can imagine finding that thing. Yeah. There you go. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> Just made there that one up. <laughs> and so it, it tells you how and where the thing comes from and hopefully exactly. it makes you think. I mean, nowadays I'm more a bit like, well, hopefully it makes you think a little bit more about how the thing works. Yeah. So when you're making rings, you kind of give people something to find all the way around. Mm-hmm. Like, so I'm sort of putting in these little dotted trails and paths that sort of lead around and give you a reason to look around the whole ring, consider it and make you think uh, a little bit like, well, this whole thing's being considered. This whole thing is is uh, is kind of yeah, unique in whatever way. Like, if you know anything about kind of making jewellery, you know you can't just chop out a bit and stick it back in. You know it's sort of bespoke and one of a kind. Yeah, and, and that's why I love that, that you always have, like, a little secret, a little, like, um, fold, a little stone that yeah. people can just, like, really, like, appreciate it as a whole yeah. three-dimensional thing. I mean, the, thing. The, the trick is not to, like, you know, you want things to be deliberate, so you, it's like you pick your battles. Yeah. Um, so you kind of, it's important to have a toolkit and to know how to use it, but to know when to use it. You can't throw every single trick in the book at one piece. Yeah. So if you've got like a considered piece, it's going to have this move and it's going to have that move in it, mm-hmm. and they're going to be they're going to work really well together. Yeah, and that's really important mm-hmm. um, because it just shows consideration a little bit of restraint. Exactly. But the but the idea is as well, like, sort of like you want to put something in there that's interesting in each piece. You do want to like it's it's weird from like a technical perspective. You are sort of like well, I I want this to be a one of a kind piece, or I like the idea of this being incredibly hard to replicate exactly. Yeah. So we'll make it so it's very tricky to make a mold of. And if you can make a mold of it, it wouldn't look as good when it comes out of a mold. Exactly. It's, it's much better when it's just the original. And so you're putting in like underhangs and you're leaving in textures and you're leaving in very specific things. Yeah, and that's and I love yeah. that because it's like you're thinking about it and you're like really putting the effort to make it special. Yeah. And that's the thing is that the person that is gonna wear it is gonna really like just have that the stuff of your work yeah you hope it. so I mean like it's it's not I, you, you don't you don't um, prescribe anything you just like you just hope well 
it's up to the wearer as to what they take away from I know. it. As I said, I I'm not know. sentimental. So you pick it up I, and you see, get I'm, from it I'm what sen- you want. I'm you sentimental. Know? I'm sentimental. Yeah. But, I, you know, like, I, like every piece that I own, and I wish that people that buy jewelry from a, a maker mm. that just not buy it from, like, a, a chain store or anything like that, but they, when they buy it from a maker, they really, like, think about it. Like, I, I think about every piece that I wear. Like, I'm very uh, methodical when I buy a piece and why I buy it and mm. who I want to buy it from and, like, mm. what the person represents to me. And, like, it, and it's just, like, it carries more spe- like something more special yeah. but I really um, I, I, I look at them and I, I understand why the person did it and and how they did it yeah. and, and like and, and what it represents to me it's mm. like that's the, the thing it's like I, I feel in, in personally I think your jewelry always have like a story and but also has like it just emotes something yeah I mean it's that you want to always be figuring something out mm-hmm. I'm sure there's a could anachronize that in some way but uh, but always be like we're working on something don't I, th- I think it's it's really really hard not gonna lie because it's like I'm saying all this stuff and thinking of all the of how I got to this point like I you say designer conceptually like I've just so you just it all it's all in my head and it all kind of vaguely yeah. links together and you get excited about stuff but it's, it's really difficult to keep pushing yeah, forward it, because you have to make I mean I mean not to ruin Maybe questions coming there, no, no, but it's just it's the running no, a business side no, of it where you're like, like, oh no, crap, I've got no, to I've got to make things that sell, but I also want to make stuff that is interesting move forward. Exactly. You know? No, but that's yeah. the thing is for for me is, is that that process is like what's important to me. It's not just like I'm just gonna make this and make money and whatever, but it's like there has to be a reason and there has to be mm. you know it, it just cannot just be like. Yeah, you want to sell your work, of course. It's like that's the main thing that you're you're doing. Your work. that's why I'm a jeweler because <laughs> <laughs> it's a skill, it's vocational, and you exactly. can exactly. But make it's money out. but it's also that you know, like it, there has to be an essence of your work of 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 who you are as an artist. Yeah, you gotta you gotta do you gotta you know you can't be cynical. Well, <laughs> no, I mean that be cynical, that. <laughs> but like. Uh, yeah, like, I mean, for me, as I said all the time, big callback. You just want to make stuff. Yeah. And so you have to kind of listen to yourself after yeah. a while. It's like, no, you have I to. could have, I, I mean, I tried, but didn't try very hard to get salary jobs managing other people doing stuff, but I didn't really want to do it, so I didn't get that yeah. job, obviously. <laughs> but, um, and then you do kind of go, well, I think, you know, as I said, like, so the other job worked at it freelance for years. It was fun and good until you get jaded. And then you start going, well, I, I know that I want to make stuff. I know that I want to make jewelry. So therefore, I'm going to turn my hand to this and try and make it work again. Yeah. Really how long you've had your line, your, you know, as a full-time artist for? I think it's probably full, 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 full-time. Probably five years, five years. six years. It, I. I present like I'd be doing it full time all the time. That's not, that's not the case. <laughs> we, we all have to have a process. Like it's, it's like you know, we all need to go through the growing pains. You, you got to pay for it. It's hard. It. Yeah, <laughs> it's really exactly. Difficult. It's just like I, I feel like a lot of students just walk out of like you know with the certificates like. I'm here, and it's like, yeah. well, yeah. So, well, some so get like, lucky, a thousand, but, yeah. like you know, a thousand students more that are doing the same yeah. thing that you study. You know, so it's like, you know, like you have to pay your dues, and you have to like really work at it. But I think, like, I, I, I really think that you, you have a voice, and you have like 
I think it's, you know, at the end of the day, the work speaks for itself. Yeah. It's not about, I mean, it's, uh, it's, I guess, a funny thing. To, well, maybe I shouldn't go down that road. But, uh, but it's, it, yeah, if, you, if you've done your research and your work and you like what you're doing, if you truly like what you're doing, you will know about it and you'll know what's missing and you'll make stuff that's interesting exactly. and add to the world. Yeah, and that's you know, the thing. Like, is like you have to, like, there's so much jewelry out there. The, mm. the market is saturated. But it's like, it, like, what you're doing, what are you doing to stand out? Yeah, it's, to, I, I keep saying it's like two, two, two for them, one for me. So you make two things that mm, should sell, will be good enough, will be yeah. all right, you know. And then you try and make one thing that's a bit more interesting. Yes. Try and make one thing that is uh, an evolution of what you've done before, yes. you know, and try and push that forward and convince it. And like, um, yeah, shout out to my stockists, like people like, um, I won't list them all, but like, um, my stockists, love you all, <laughs> thanks guys. But uh, but they're they're great, and um, and they do take chances, and they will try out yeah. new things, and and it's really supportive, and it's really heartening to know that that exists because you can't do it all by yourself you need yeah. a platform um but you will get onto that platform if you're making things that are that, that you believe in that exactly. push that push it yeah, forward i always exactly. think it's and also you know you you have to like you know like it's really nice that these people are giving you the chance, but you know, like the fact that they're believing in you, it means you know, it's, it means a huge amount. It's, yeah, it's, it's great. huge. It gives you confidence. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I like you know, it's. I think it's the same for everybody. Everyone can can be a bit hard on themselves, but that's sort of it's up to you as to how yeah. how, you, how you how you keep going. Um, but it is. I'm not gonna lie, it is hard. <laughs> really difficult. It is hard. It is. It is different. How do you How do you see yourself like going forward? Like, like what What you would you like to see for yourself? Oh, I want to. Um, uh, be nice to go on holiday without worrying about stuff. <laughs> uh, nice to go on holiday. Now, <laughs> what do I see for myself? I, I mean. Um, I want to make, it's going to sound weird, but like you, it's almost like I want to make less items but be able to invest more time in them, make more yeah, special, make more, more special. unique things. And I know part of the way of doing that is having to make like a smaller, more attainable line yeah. of stuff. And I say line, I mean, I don't have line sheets. I don't typically do that kind of stuff, mm. but you understand how well, it because works. Because all your pieces are one of a kind. You know? in a yeah, way. but like I've got, I've now, you know, um, after the pandemic, I'm, I'm, I'm taking on a bigger stake of the workshop that I'm in so I'm paying more and then I've got to to keep on top of everything I've I've got um a lovely um Matty my lovely assistant who comes and helps me one day a week because that's all she can well one and a half days a week because that's all she can offer because she's she's that good yeah um and uh and so you know I'm now paying someone to keep me on track and uh, I'm very sorry if you're waiting to get an email from me <laughs> but um, <laughs> or a piece or whatever. But um, uh, so, what I want to do down the line is be able to find a bit more stability. But, but ultimately, I think for things to move forward and be creative and interesting, I want to make less things have more time to invest in them, yeah. so that you can actually start making those more interesting standout pieces. And it doesn't have to be jewelry. We yeah. could think I might be making bigger things in the future. Ooh, who knows? Who knows? I'm not not gonna. Say that. I mean, depending on when you listen to this, if it's a few years from now, 
don't be surprised because it takes ages to get something new made. <laughs> but, I, but I do hope that you still have some jewelry in the life because I really enjoyed your jewelry and mm. I always love your post and I love you, the, your stories with your the cats and the squirrels. Yeah, those are my guys. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I mean, you got to be something different. Like, <laughs> no, but it shows your personality. You know, yeah, it's like it just I mean, brings. That's the most I, you'll ever see in my face is my is my shadow when I was three. <laughs> <laughs> like throwing a, a, a three pointer. I've got a, I've got a bit something slightly different out there. People really hate me for it. I have no idea. Oh, I I post way too much mm. stuff on the on my stories. Mm. Um, so I have some compulsory questions that I would like to ask oh, yeah. like before we leave um, what's your favorite gemstone? Uh, it's probably a sapphire I know that any color under the sun everybody thinks they're fucking blue all the time it's really <laughs> <annoying>. <laughs> genuine you come in lots of colors I know I love yeah. all the colors of the sapphire yeah they're hard as well which is good yeah. handy very good um, what's your favorite metal? Ah, oh, gold what 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 <laughs> what carrot? what carrot? um it's hard. I wish I could make everything in 18 karat. That'd be nice. But I'd be making a lot less stuff if I did that. <laughs> um, by the way, I do take commissions in 18 karat. I do work in it. But most of what I make is 14. 14. And that's just a sign of the... It's because I make a lot of stuff. I do loads of experiments. Mm -hmm. And I'm reckless. So I do them in 14 karat a lot of time. <laughs> and part of the fun of that is like when things mess up, you can chop them up and turn them into something else. That's, Again, that's the good thing always like... You know, don't. It's weird because I think a lot of the time, because I did make sculpture for a long time, it was about not being. It was really I struggled to not be precious about stuff because I didn't have a lot of money or come from a lot of money, so you no. couldn't not be precious. But growing up and studying, you just always had an abundance of material around. You yeah. know, in the woods, there's always loads of fucking trees, yes. so loads of sticks and stuff to make stuff out exactly. of. Exactly. And so you're used to just having this mass of stuff that you can pick from mm -hmm. or that hillside with those gemstones where you can pick one out and then you can kind of work from there. Yeah. And I find that like a really interesting way of working. Um, hold on, what was the question again? <laughs> it was your favorite metal. Oh, metal. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, yeah, cool. So I wish I could have more. I wish I could make it 18 karat. Let's just yeah. say 24 karat. Yeah, ah, there you go. Yeah, 24 just, karat. You know, push it out. Yeah. <laughs> um, what's your favorite technique or tool? In Heating stuff up. <laughs> Just fire. Fire. Melt and stuff. It's fun. No, uh, no, there's the. Uh, uh, let me think about that. Ah, oh, favorite technique. Yeah, I, fuck, I'd probably just say melt and stuff because I can't think of anything better. But there is going to be. Oh, there's. Uh, no, no, that's quite annoying to do. Um, probably, probably melting stuff. Particularly melting. soft, non pressure stuff like wax. Uh, that's that's okay. fun. Yeah. Um. Who's your favorite artist? Doesn't need to be jewelry. Can be anything. Oh fuck! I don't know. That's <laughs> like what's your favorite song kind of territory. Um, what's your favorite medium? Is I'll it throw. Uh, no, I'll throw it. I was you. Well, you mentioned this the other day, and I went, "Oh fuck, I don't know." And then I thought, "Well, let's let's go a little bit left field." Not left field. He's a really big artist. It's a guy called Urs Fischer. Urs Fischer. So U R S F I S E H E R. And that's just me being a bit like, oh, I'm a, I'm a wanky art kid. Like, um, but he just, he makes these really cool and permanent. Um, uh, they're like all made in soft clay of these like reclining nudes on a, on, a, mm. on a chaise long and he paints part of them and then you can kind of like, 
people are invited to take chunks or chunks are ripped from them mm. and then cast into metal and then he also makes these like big raindrops that are hung from the ceiling that are all multicolored they're oh, really good but, the, but then he'll do like weird um, he had a show at MoMA years ago mm. um, he'll do all kinds of stuff he makes like sculptures of, of uh, or like statues which are made of wax and lights a candle inside so the statue yes, melts uh, yeah. yes I've seen stuff like that but like he's done loads of stuff and it's just I think that kind of prolific side yeah. of it is quite fun like he's doing doing um, uh, those what they call digital things that you sell oh the NFTs crash. NFTs but he's doing <laughs> quite a funny way <laughs> he's doing them on Instagram and it's just like two random objects that are sort of meshing in with one another oh. and it's weirdly kind of like, quite, quite, like, quite satisfying <laughs> um, so, um, yeah. what's your favourite thing to listen while you work oh fuck me um <laughs> I listen to lots. Everyone, it's a, such a rote answer. There's lots of stuff. So I've got everyone's got their podcasts. Yes, There's loads of podcasts. Which one is your favorite? Oh, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I listen to that off menu podcast. That's really good. And then I do listen to loads of movie soundtracks, music wise. Lots of that. And really? then you know that screaming, shouting music that you were talking about the other day. Yes. I probably listen to stuff like that. Really. Mm-hmm. But then I also listen to so there's a really good. Tell you what, of late there's a um, from the 1979. It's called the Yamasuki Singers. And it's this choir that, um, it's Japanese choir. I've got a funny feeling I might have been recorded in Paris. Or they got invited to, to Paris to record it. And they brought their karate teacher. And so he is like spurring them on. And then their choir is singing. That's a bit weird. <laughs> but it's really good because it's just, it's from the, it's 1970s. And it's just, it bobs in- along. So Yamasuki Singers. Yamasuki Singers. Yamasuki Singers. It's really good. <laughs> Um, do you have any advice for future jewelry artists that are like coming out? Just, it's, it sounds like a telling off. It's just like, it's really hard to make interesting stuff because of that saturation that you're talking yeah. about. There's a lot of people out there. And I think, I think it's always interesting to say things like, it's just like, do your homework, do your market research. But that doesn't mean just look on Instagram. That means look at something that's not Instagram, because everybody looks at Instagram and a lot of shit looks the same. Um, <laughs> like, and it's really hard to not get seduced by that. And, you know, full disclosure, don't like Instagram very much. Um, that's why you don't see my face. And if I wasn't a jeweler, someone else, I wouldn't have it. But um, because it, it's, it's really hard work. So... I would just say, you know, these old fashioned things called libraries with books in them, go on them. Just general Google, not Instagram, try and find things that way. Yeah. But also look at other stuff. That's always helped me. Yeah. And then when it comes to if you're out there and you're trying to make a business the way I did it, and no one trained me, because remember, I went to Japan instead of learning about it, <laughs> was like market research. And I didn't know what the word meant, but I, all it meant for me was find jewelers that are a bit like you and find out where they sell and then approach those places and see if you can fit in. And for me, it was about making my peace with mm. that. Because a lot of it I didn't like, and I'm not a jewelry jeweler. I don't hang out in jewelry shops. It's not something that, you know, I like making stuff. That's yeah. it. Yeah. And so the advice is it's just like, um, yeah, do your homework, figure out some market research, but mainly make something new and interesting. Try and be really hard on yourself yeah. and be like, is this cool? and and that that can mean a lot of things (laughs) but like is it is it a little bit new is it trying i I mean like having a and that toolbox thing is really important you can have a big toolbox so you can be really good at chasing or really good at carving or really good at engraving or um uh, like or or, or doing whatever you're doing like making chains making bracelets it's a bit like but that technique figure out where you're going to use it and if you need to throw everything at one piece or be selective and choose, yeah. I'm going to use this stroke for that 
and that and this color stone for that but don't or not color stone but like this type of setting yeah i'm going to do it that way because it makes sense it's like or could i do it the other way yeah you know like do i need to use that that method or well, am I just doing it for the hell of it? Yeah. And like that's the sort of weird challenge that you have to do. I mean, for me, I'm a bit like I need to shake up and make some more interesting stuff because I'm getting yeah. I'm getting annoyed at myself. <laughs> so it's a bit like I need to. I'm going to try and do some new moves and yeah. make shit more interesting, but like take slightly more um, harder left turns. Yeah, I into like that. New things, you know, because you gotta gotta keep it interesting. Exactly. That that's um, that's and, my motto. You and have it's to keep not it. easy. It's <laughs> Especially, not it's very hard to make money out exactly. of it. Exactly. When you keep changing shit, and you know. Oh. Sorry, have I talked for too long? No, it's perfect. Thank okay. you so much, Fraser Hamilton, for coming and talking to me. Yeah. I really appreciate it. I had to like. Yeah. grab him yeah. beg him to do it but hate, he's here i'm gonna not listen to this <laughs> <laughs> you can find fraser hamilton on instagram at fraser hamilton jewelry or visit his website fraserhamiltonjewelry.com thousand facets is produced and edited by me please visit a thousand facets on instagram to see photos of some of the things we spoke about during the interview music by chris keys You can find him on Instagram at Chris underscore keys underscore underscore. Please remember to rate us on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much. Watch this